Okay. I have an announcement in the reference to 4th of July. The Petersons are opening up their home and yard and creek and whatever else you want to say uh, for a 4th of July celebration on Monday, July 4th, 1 p.m. There will be hot dogs and drinks provided. There is also going to be a barbecue grill available for bring your own meat if you want and uh, bring your own folding chair if you have one. And if you wish, bring a potluck dish to share. And the slide has the address there, 4151 Diana Drive, Hydesville. And uh, that's just after you get up the hill and just uh, as you get to the top of the hill going into Hydesville, it's going to be a right-hand turn. And so uh, just uh, a time of fun. The last uh, We missed it not having it. And then it's with the COVID stuff over and able to have it again. We're very thankful. And thank you for opening your home again. We really, really appreciate it. So looking forward to that. And uh, in the way of prayer this morning, I'd like to be praying for the Johnson and Chamberlain families. Uh, the memorial service yesterday for Karen was uh, a an amazing afternoon, I think we just put it that way, of fellowship and time together. And uh, I was, it was, it was a, a full house, if you will, and uh, a great tribute to, to Karen and the awesome lady that she is. And uh, many traveled long distances, not just uh, her family from Oregon, but uh, I think. Iowa, Alaska, uh, trying to think of the various distances that people traveled to be there, friends and family both. And so uh, I, what I'd like to do this morning is just take time to pray for the family and their safe journeys home. Let's pray. Father, we come to you first, Lord, taking the opportunity to say thank you that we can rest with confidence that when we put our faith in you, we open our eyes at death. We open our eyes in Your presence. Lord, we know where Karen is. I think of what You said to the thief on the cross, this day you will be with me in paradise. And we rest with confidence of that assurance. And Lord, it doesn't change the fact that there is sorrow and grief on our side here. Not for Karen, but because we miss someone we love. And so, Lord, we ask that you would be with the Johnson family, with the Chamberlain family, with all the friends that are missing Karen. I think of all the students that she influenced and had a part of their lives. And just ask, Lord, that you would bless us all with fond memories. And especially think of Ralph and Jacob and and uh, ask that you would be with them and, and be with uh, uh, Kay and, and her daughter and, and the Chamberlain family. Uh, just uh, we bring them all to you and ask, Lord, that you would touch them as only you can bring a sense of peace and even a sense of joy for Karen, a sense of celebration for Karen. But Lord, we miss someone we love. and We ask that you would fill that void and comfort as only you can. And we think of the many that have traveled such long distances to, 
to, to, to be with the family at this time. And we ask, Lord, that You would bless them on their journeys home. Keep them safe. Return them home safely. And again, we thank You for the ministry that Karen has had in this community. And we ask, Lord, in fact, I'm confident, Lord, that it will go forth uh, for many years because of, of what she put into it and how much she loved you and how many of the kids rested with that confidence coming through her teaching that are influenced by that. We thank you for Karen. We thank you for the families. We ask that you be with them in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we're continuing in the gospel, or in the gospel, some people call it Paul's gospel, but the book of Romans, chapter 12, and uh, again, understanding that uh, what, what Paul is emphasizing in the 12th chapter is the fact that we have come before the Lord and asked that we be transformed. Not just conform to the things of Christ. The world gets conformed. They get conformed to the ways of the world. He says, no, we're not looking at the world as our example. We're, be, we're asking to be transformed, metamorphosed, completely changed. And we start with where? The renewing of our mind. And then Paul talks about various things and, and, and as he gets through there. And, and some of them I'll go over uh, a little while from now, but... but getting down to verse uh, 9, where he talks about genuine love. Uh, He says, let love be genuine. And then he goes on, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. And love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal for fervor and spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. And seek to show hospitality. All of those reflections of the love of Christ in us. And so the idea of genuine love is that these things will become a part of who we are. They'll be a reflection of the way we live our lives. And then he makes it even a little bit more difficult with verse 14. He says, bless those who persecute you. That's not an easy one to do. And he says, but bless them. Don't curse them. Bless them. And then where we are today, rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. And live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Rejoice with those who rejoice to weep with those who weep. This is another aspect of love. We come alongside and we begin to identify with each other in such a proximity of this family relationship that we've talked about earlier here in the book of Romans is, is in this chapter is this idea of having this family relationship with each other, loving each other as family loves each other. And, and so when the family member rejoices, we're to rejoice with them. When a family member weeps, we are to weep with them. Uh, we share in our in our joys. We share share in our sorrows together, and so uh, this idea of rejoice uh, is is an, uh, uh, a great word here because it means to be exceedingly happy when someone else is blessed. To be exceedingly happy when someone else is blessed. That's not human nature. Someone else gets blessed and you say, why not me? 
I've done all these things. I've done this, that, this, and the other. And, and how come I don't have something as nice as that or, or whatever? And we get jealous. But there's no room for jealousness in the family of God. We're to rejoice with each other. And I was thinking of the things that we rejoice over. And I couldn't help but think of the, the, the Selbys yesterday at, at Karen's memorial service. Uh, the, uh, Ann and, and Daryl Selby, their granddaughter was there. Six months old. And just smiling and, and, and being like a, a cute baby should be. You know, it was just, she was beautiful. And I thought, here's something that we rejoice in as a family. New life. We get excited when someone in our family uh, has a child. And, and we celebrate it. And, and, uh, and so it's, it's this, this special time. We get excited about it. Uh, we get excited about new life in the other context. When somebody receives the Lord as their Savior. We celebrate The next thing I put on my list was a dollar sign. But we're called to celebrate when someone else is blessed financially. And you're thinking again, possibly, where's mine? What if God doesn't ever financially bless you like He did someone else? It's not to make any difference. We're to rejoice and to be glad for them. And it's, it's this period of, of, of also this idea of long life. To rejoice. I can remember, in fact, it was, it was a, an amazing thing. A, a gentleman in his, his uh, mid-80s living in a rest home. Uh, the pastor we had had a, a ministry there. And uh, this guy showed up to the Bible study on a regular basis. They wheeled him down in his wheelchair and... He sat there and listened, and 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 uh, 84 years old. And he he asked uh, the pastor to stay for a little while, and he talked to him. And he says, "Okay, I've got questions now." And he went through all his questions, and another week goes by, and Jerry's back there, and and uh, he says, "Pastor Jerry, uh, what do I have to do to be saved?" Almost like the eunuch. And, and acts, you know, what do I, what must I do to be saved? Uh, and, and the idea was, uh, he says, well, you confess to Jesus Christ as the Son of God. You believe in your heart. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. <laughs> and, and he did that. And the next week, he says, I've got to come to church. So we had a van that went out there where he was. And so they picked him up, brought him to church and his wheelchair. And he sat there. And, and then he realized... Well, I want to be baptized. So you know what we did? We actually made put a ramp into the baptistry. We had a big baptistry and, and got him down into there in his wheelchair and tilted his wheelchair back and baptized him. And it took three of us to do it. The pastor and, and a couple of the, the, the deacons and, and we, we baptized him. And, and uh, he was faithful in church at that point until he passed away. The interesting thing was we had somebody in, in, uh, that we knew well that had come from a Christian family, a missionary family at that. 
and, and said, I've had to be a Christian all my life. And he gets in at 84. Like it had been some penalty to have been a Christian all their life. Where's the rejoice? The exceedingly happy when someone else is blessed, when someone else is saved, when they come to, to Christ. We're supposed to be celebrating. And this person was actually bitter because she'd had to be a Christian all her life. There's, there's to be this sense of joy. I, I'm going to suggest to you, if you don't have this sense of joy, if it's missing, then start praying for it. Ask God to bless you with joy for your salvation and the salvation of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, and that you can be excited for them and for the church and for the people coming to the Lord daily around the world. Long life. New life. Rejoice for your family and the family of, of God as well. Rejoice in somebody's healing. You know, God is still doing miracles. He's still touching people. I've had people get upset when someone's healed and they're still in their wheelchair. You know? Uh, and, and yet, the bottom line is, we are to rejoice, to be excited, even from our wheelchair, even from our, our, our hospital bed, if you will. Uh, we are to be excited and rejoice when somebody else is blessed. That's what this rejoicing is. Rejoice! When others are blessed. And then it says to weep. This idea of weep is, has a strong, intense meaning. To mourn and bewail. To mourn and to cry loudly. To share in someone's grief and sorrow in such a way as, as it actually you feel their sorrow. You feel their grief. Somebody says, how does that come in with rejoicing? Rejoicing never leaves you. You still have your salvation. You still have God looking over you. But God is now using you to bring comfort. And so you, 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 you share in their grief and their sorrow. I, I have here, come alongside and embrace their sorrow with them. Sometimes, in fact, most of the time, it's just sitting there with them. It's not the. It's not sharing the. I, 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 gosh, I got to be careful with this. Uh, it's not sharing what some people might call the platitudes. Oh, all things work together for the good of you know for the, those who believe in God. You know this type of thing. That's not the time for that. Sometimes it's just silence, and your arm holding them and saying, "I'm here." Then waiting for as you listen carefully to feel their heart waiting for the opportunity to give words of encouragement that build up and strengthen and help them get back to a new normal in their lives. Notice how I express that. A new normal. When somebody's lost someone they love, it's not the same anymore. It's a new normal. Come alongside and embrace their sorrow. Hold them. Listen. Wait for the opportunity that God provides to minister to them. Go on here and it says to be of the same mind. And I looked at this and, and 
I don't think there's probably anybody in here. I'm looking around and, and, and realizing I don't see any new faces, uh, new believers this morning. And, and uh, the, the idea is how many of times have we been in churches where there's been a skirmish of some kind or another? Some people might say, yeah, it was all-out war. <laughs> but, but it seems like that sometimes. The idea is, is that that's alien to what God wants for us. He says, be of the same mind. Be in harmony is an actual translation of this, be of the same mind. In fact, it has to do with music. Now, I am not... A, a, a person that carries a tune well. I, 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 I play at the piano. I used to play wind instruments, uh, brass instruments, but, but, uh, you know, I haven't done that for years. I still have my trumpet sitting up on the, on the shelf, but I, you know, uh, and, but I know what harmony is. And I, you can always tell, and I'm thinking of those of you who are blessed in playing the piano when you, you know, and, and I can see sometimes you hit the hit, maybe the one finger hits a, a different key than you intended and you kind of wince, you know. And I think you probably nobody even noticed it, but you did because your, your ear is tuned to that harmony that you're producing. That's the idea of this. It's symphonic, in fact, in nature. The, the, we are a symphony that God has put together. All of us with our own gifts. No one person has all the gifts. We all have individual gifts. And, and as we come together, we create an orchestration, a symphonic uh, piece that God is, is coordinating. He's brought us together for a purpose, with our gifts for a purpose. And, and he's, he's the conductor. And that's this idea of being of the same mind. Allow God to be in control, the conductor of the symphony. And we come and we pray for guidance and, and, and direction from God. I thought of, of how this harmony works in individual groups, you know, like duets or, or tr- you know, trios or quartets. You know, the idea is uh, four-part harmony is, is one of the ideals. I think of a couple of people in here who have been in that. And, and the idea of, of, of bass and, and treble. Or, no, that's, that would have been uh, soprano, huh? Okay. And, uh, and, and the in-betweens. And, and when it comes together, how awesome it is. If any one of those guys was singing by themselves, other than the one carrying the melody, we would have said, uh, you know, we would have said, you know, it's, it's what am I hearing? It, where's the tune? You know, but together it, it's I'm going to go back symphonic in a sense. It's coordinated. It's, it's together. And so we have this this picture of of this same mind. By the way, collectively. It's the orchestra coming back to the symphony playing, you know, from a congregation to the whole body of Christ. You know, we're a part of the body of Christ. That's why we were sharing last week in reference to praying, praying for the persecuted churches. We're part of the symphony of their of their church, too, because we support we send finances, we send missionaries, you know. And, and so we have this picture of, of, of this being together, the body of Christ, a master symphony, if you will. That God has written, and He wrote it before the foundation of the world. And now He's conducting it. It's so awesome. And it says, uh, you know, the opposite below this it says, don't be haughty. 
I thought, what a word for for scripture, haughty. You know, I, you know what's going on here? But haughty is a, is a actually a, a really good word to describe. Don't be self-exalted or self-important. Resting in a class system. There's that side of the tracks and there's that side of the tracks, you know, type of thing. You know, growing up, somebody might say, oh, they're from the other side of the tracks. And the irony was there was no railroad station or railroad tracks in the community at all. Uh, but that, that old saying was they're from the other side of the tracks, meaning they're the lowly ones. You know, don't, 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 you know, mix the two together. He's saying there is no other side of the tracks. Not in the body of Christ. There is no other. There is us, the body of Christ. So don't be self-exalted. Don't be self-important. Don't look for the place of honor. And when they sit you at the place of honor, maybe you should decline. Somebody who wants to honor. I can think of a guy that liked to give his check to the church once a year. He only came to church once in a while, but he was permanently on their board. And he got his picture in the newspaper presenting a big check. Like this to the pastor on this on the on the stage in the church, and he would look at you know, and it would go in the newspaper and be on the news, yeah. And he was always whenever we had anything, he was always in the place of honor at church. Everybody, oh, hi, how are you today? I haven't seen you for six. Nobody dares say that. And he was always in that position. Christ says, that doesn't exist in, in my church. That doesn't exist in my kingdom. There's only one place at the seat of honor. Jesus Christ. Period. The only one that deserves honor. In fact, you think about this, uh, he, this idea of being the same mind. He says, associate with the lowly. Uh, uh, this word associate, by the way, is to be a part of, to identify with the lowly. And I thought... This word lowly is bigger than I, as I went through this, this word lowly is a lot bigger than I thought it was. You know, it, it's, it's the, the literal translation for this word in the Greek language used in other uh, literature, not risen far from the ground. If Ralph Johnson were here today, he'd say, oh, that's you, Bob. You know, he's, because he's always throwing his short jokes at me. And stand up behind the pulpit, so we cut the pulpit down. <laughs> uh, but... That idea of, of not far from the ground. Actually, this word lowly, when it's used in Scripture, refers to every man, woman, and child. No matter what your status in framework of the, of the, the, the world and how the world perceives you, in a transformed way of thinking, everyone is lowly because why? All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None can be saved on their own merit. There's nothing that we can bring to the, to the altar to, to please Christ other than, Lord, save me. I confess that You are the Christ, the Son of God, risen from the dead. Save me. We are all lonely. We are all sins. We're all, we've all sinned. We're all sinners. And we can't save ourselves. 
So this idea to associate with the lowly is yes, associate with each other. And don't think just because someone doesn't have something that they're less than. So it goes back to this idea of, of status and, and, and all of that kind of stuff. It's not part of the kingdom of God. Period. So rejoice. Weep. Live in harmony. Identify yourself with the lowly. Never be wise. This is almost like a summary to all of this so far. And this idea of what genuine love is. Never be wise in your own sight. Rise, you know, the world is wise in its own sight. And read Romans chapter 1, and, and uh, I think starting with the 18th verse, and it'll go through and tell you what happens to the, to the world when it gets wise in its own eyes and starts giving glory to things other than God. It corrupts everything. But God's Word says to be wise begins with what? Fearing the Lord. To be wise, somebody's looking at this. Oh, I got that, and it's a memory verse. Uh, you know, to be wise is to is to to fear the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Again, that's not the way the world thinks. It takes a transformed mind, a renewed mind, to get into that category of thinking. We are to think in those terms of of what is godly wise, not worldly wise. Seek first the kingdom of God, and these things are added unto you. You know, seek the kingdom of man. You might find wealth, but you won't find salvation. Seek the kingdom of God and the things that really count. No matter what your status is in the world, the things that really count will be yours. And you will be as rich as anybody can be if you know Jesus Christ and have salvation. There isn't anybody, any way to be richer than that. So the wise thing is to seek out God. To recognize, hey, I'm a sinner. I fall short of the glory of God. I am helplessly, hopelessly lost without Jesus Christ. I'm separated from God without Jesus Christ. But when I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that God raised Him from the dead, I am saved. That's what Scripture says. You are saved. And saved means resting in Christ. No longer conforming to the world, but now in the process of the indwelling Holy Spirit, transforming you and renewing your mind. And it's a lifelong process. It's a lifelong process. But I, 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 I wrote down here as, as my last thought on, on this page of my notes. I am... Saved. Now, I, I'm being very personal here, but I, I was thinking it this way. I am saved. There is no condemnation because I'm in Christ Jesus. And I thought as I was thinking about uh, communion and, and what I might say just preceding the, the, the time of communion, which is what we've approached right now, Going back to Romans chapter 5, verse 6. 
while we were still weak, at the right time, and when it says at the right time, it means at the exact right moment. At the exact right breath. That's how tight this is. At the exact time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows His love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. For if we were enemies, we, for when we, while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, How much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by His life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. Reconciliation is another word for being at peace with God. We were at odds with God. We couldn't approach Him because we were sinners and unsaved. But now through Jesus Christ and the blood of Christ, we are saved and we are reconciled. We are at peace with God. We celebrate that every time we we break bread together. And so as we prepare for communion, I'll ask uh, Naomi to come back up and and there's... (laughs) I didn't see where you were. (laughs) And uh, just uh, we have two trays for communion up here, and one is a uh, cup, and it's actually two cups, and you take it apart, and one is the bread, and one is the, the grape juice, and, and then the other one is just a packet where you pull the top off, and there's the wafer, and pull the second top off, and that's where the juice is. And again, we're, we're still not passing the, the communion. Uh, uh, we still have some traces of, of uh, COVID running rampant in various parts of the Humboldt County, so we're just playing it safe. So we're asking that while we're singing our song, you come up and please pick a communion up. And uh, whichever tray you would like to use, feel free to do so. Each promise 
God is the word. When winter fades, I know spring will come. Lord, it's my salvation. In times of waiting, times of need. When I know lost, when I am weak, I know His grace will renew these days. Oh, who is like the Lord our God, strong to sharing from the Gospel of Luke. And when the hour came, Jesus reclined at the table with His disciples with them. And He said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I will tell you I will not eat until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. By the way, that's a promise. He's coming again. And He took a cup, and when He had given thanks, He said, Take this and divide it among yourselves, for I tell you, that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us share the bread together. Likewise, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, once again we come thanking you for your mercy and your grace. You've given us the instructions to approach Your throne and to boldly plead Your mercy and grace. And we do just that. And we ask, Lord, that You would continue to transform our minds. Renew in our minds, Lord, through Your Word, through Your indwelling Holy Spirit. 
Go with us, Lord. Cause us to be the men and women, the children of God that You want us to be. Open our eyes that we might see with Your vision, Lord. Hear with Your ears. And then speak with Your words to those who need to hear Your salvation. And again, Lord, we thank You for all that You have done, all that You are doing, and all that is yet to come. We worship You. We praise You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you stand as we close? Lord, bless. Thank You for being here this morning. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me. A sinner condemned unclean. For me it was in the garden he prayed not my will but thine. He had no tears for his own griefs, but sweat drops of blood from mine. Oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. Oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. And pity angels beheld him and came from the world of light to comfort him in the sorrows he bore for my soul that night. He took my sins and my sorrows, he made them his very own. He bore And suffered and died alone. Oh, how marvelous! Oh, how wonderful! And my song shall ever be. Oh, how marvelous! Oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. When with the ransoming blood. His face I at last shall see. Twill be my joy through the ages to sing of His love for me. Amen. Thank you. Lord bless. Have a beautiful day.